0: Hello, and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we'll be talking about why Marvel United may or may not be overrated. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher.
1: I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. So Chris is doing this making Marvel United the subject of an entire episode. He claims that Marvel <laughs> United represents a class of games that have very simple rule structure and can be expanded in a lot of different ways. Also their most recent Kickstarter ends Wednesday and the Dice Tower's annual top 100 games of all time had it in four had it in all four lists. But whatever.
2: <laughs> but first, as always, I thank you to our Patreon friends of the show: Adam Harrison, Miles Clark Sahara, Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gift of Games and Grace. Ake. Also, big, huge welcome back to Emil Jilljam, um, who is now a patron again. He messaged me on Discord saying uh he hadn't been listening for the past couple of years, but glad to see us still here. So, welcome back, Emil, and um welcome yeah, back. Join our TGT Con, uh, man. There's so many announcements to make. Where do we start? First of all, clickbait title, hundred percent. I, I, I admit to that. Normally, I don't put click click, whoo, that one's hard to say. Click baity, subjects, titles, whatever. But this one, I couldn't help. Um, we're going to get into it. Uh, TGT Con, join us February 17th, 6 p.m. to midnight, Saturday the 18th. Go to our show notes. You'll get a link to the Tabletop Events page. Um, sign up. And anyone who signs up for a game and plays at least two games will be entered in a $100 drawing that will be drawn at the convention close. Anyone who hosts a game and is there to start it, whether or not... Um, it fills up or not, will be entered into a separate drawing for a $100 um, gift card. And you could win both of those things. Um, and then there was an early bird uh, sign-up, but that has since closed. So everyone who signed up before January 31st uh, is now entered in for a $100 prize, as long as you play at least one game, and we'll draw that at the time of the event as well. Um, Kitty and I, I know we signed up for all of our tgt events or at least a ton of them mm-hmm. you said you had some open time on saturday still right
1: yeah i think so you know for fooding food you, and, food yeah, and I think naps you, i mean i <laughs> i left intentional breaks for food and stuff um but i might have a gap that needs to be filled saturday afternoon but i i don't know what i want to do but i can't remember you might have tricked me into playing like beyond the sun or something
2: oh yeah you're gonna like that one. <sighs> <laughs> It's a good one. Tricked into it. Wow.
1: I have lost so much trust in your ability to judge whether or not I like a game. It doesn't mean that I won't like a game if you think I'm gonna like it. Like I can't I can't say that. Like sometimes you're right. Sometimes, like, yeah, I love this game. You were right, Chris, but um I well, don't know I, if you have making, <laughs> very you're good me odds. Guess now.
2: Uh, like, oh maybe you won't <laughs> like on <beyond> the side. <laughs> Because it is a game that you have to do a little bit of planning for. And there's some... There's, like, two things going on at once. Ooh, all right. You know,
1: it's not too bad at a convention when you're, like, sitting down and just focused on playing. Like, I don't mind thinky games. It's just a lot of times when I'm playing something on PGA or... We're sitting down to play on a Wednesday night at like nine o'clock by the time we actually start playing a game, or when there's like eight million screaming toddlers in the room. Those aren't the games I pick.
2: You, this one might be better in real time, and I think you'll Mm -hmm. be okay. So, but Fletcher, have you filled up all of your time slots yet? I have not.
1: (laughs) Have you filled up any of your time slots yet?
2: I have not. sorry right. if
1: that genuine laughter just like shot earbuds out of your ears but <laughs> it was it was true joy just know that
2: yep i mean yeah so fletcher's not entered in our early bird drawing that's for sure
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you i we the host can win anyway
2: uh, we're always winners because we get to do this every week. Um speaking of which, we don't have a live audience tonight. Sorry live audience who shows up tomorrow. Uh we're recording a day early cuz Fletcher has something on Monday and so we're like, okay, let's just record early. Uh so yeah, so there's that. But it's typically so quiet. It, it is so quiet. It's really kind of jarring when we don't have our audience here. <laughs> cuz I'm like we're just trying to entertain ourselves then and it's, it's just not as yeah there's something missing and it's everyone else that's part of this show so we love and appreciate our live audience normally 8 30 central time monday nights go to tabletopgametalk.com slash live and you'll find a link there as how to join uh you can also join our discord you can also join our bga group and play games with us on bga discord is a great place to get you know just games starting all the time um and yeah and learn more about Teach Decon if you are interested in doing that it is two dollars and that's just so i can play tabletop events to do all the work um i also want to give a shout out to courtney who has volunteered to help me with the um event submissions and scheduling and all of that so thank you courtney um and let's see what else is there i think that's everything hi fletcher how are you (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing well thanks
0: what have you been up to lately? Oh, you know, just stuff. All Try right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just give, doing the homework that you gave me, which is oh, so terrible. <laughs> yeah. playing, playing a game of Marvel United.
2: Play a game that I sent you for free and said, here, yes. play this. Oh, yeah. so bad. It's Your life is miserable. I know. Um, speaking of miserable lives, Kitty did share something with us pre-show. Do you want to share that? live show? Because I think it's exciting.
1: I don't remember anymore. I shared a couple <laughs> things. Are we talking about my Carcassonne win, or are we talking about Baby Movement?
2: Baby Movement.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Carcassonne if- win is
2: good too, but...
1: <laughs> um, Yeah, it was really, like, I just pulled all the perfect tiles, and it <laughs> felt really good, and I won for the first time on BGA this morning, and it was... It was close, so I didn't feel like, you know, oh, and I was playing against people who have beaten me a lot in the past, so I was very excited um, to win. But also, yeah, I was feeling some some baby kicks. I don't know if you can really call them kicks, because, like, that implies, like, I don't know,
2: like a a
1: fast kind of a thing, where this is more like a weird pressure of a tiny body trying to force its way into my liver. Which is less exciting than a kick, but then once they start trying getting actual to alien it you. Yeah. it really feels that way. <laughs> my sister has some wild videos of my nephew just like full on like shifting her stomach around. You can like see limbs through her stomach. It's so gross. Um, but also That's really crazy. cool.
2: <laughs> yeah. The miracle obviously- of birth
1: is wild. Yeah, the
2: the thing that got me is, like, the day before they're born, they're just, like, these limbs trying to push their way out. And then they're born, and they're actually just a human baby. And you're like, oh, wait, that was literally... It was
1: all in there. All in there, yeah. Um, and this time, it's there's two of them are going to be all in there. And that's wild.
2: Yeah, I, I, I am looking forward to the next five months. Um, probably more so than you, because... <laughs>
1: Yeah, because you don't have to try to sleep with this going on.
2: Nope. And if sleeping's, uh, yeah, because you're going to, mm, yeah. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs>
1: Chris slowly coming to the realization. You, you
2: won Carcassonne, did you?
1: <laughs> I did. I won Carcassonne, and, um, and Joe Hoover knows it. <laughs> <All
2: right. laughs> I have never played Carcassonne on BGA, and I don't want to say I never will. But I never will just for the sake of doing it. Someone would have to be like, come on, Chris, play this with me. And I'm like, fine, I will play a game of Carcassonne.
1: It's fun. And I like seeing it on BGA because like, it does show you like all the possibilities of where, like, oh, this Kyle can go in any of these gray squares and like that kind of stuff. And that's fun. But um, the way people were setting it up on the Discord, which is then how I started setting up my games, is like... All the expansions except the Princess and Dragon, which was like one of the only ones I had played with before. And figuring out how to best use the um, builder um, uh, was really great. And we played with the strategic variant where you have three tiles in your hand and you get to choose which of your three tiles you play. And it's it's more more fun, more strategic that way. Yeah, uh, But it also I, took me a little while to, to pick up on.
2: Yeah, I think I would be fine with that. Or at least... I would be more fine with that. Just draw one, place one. Not as interesting. No. Draw three, place one. I could see that being more interesting.
1: Well, you have... So it's always draw one, place one, but you have three in your hand the whole time.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So you draw three, and then place one, replace it. Kind of a thing.
2: But I like that, because then you have kind of a strategic reserve.
1: Yeah. You can wait to be like, okay, so this one has the road on it. I want to wait to use that with this city one that I'm placing next. And... It, it makes it more fun. I like it. Right. I've been playing a lot of it. I'm going to start another game soon here.
2: I will not join it. But <laughs> something that did happen this weekend. Um, someone reached out to me on um, BGA and asked if they could help with Hadrian's Wall. So, Fletcher, we have another person helping with it. And I actually set oh. them up um, and... So he's going to be taking a look at some of the uh, sub systems there. And I'm like, okay, while I'm I'm setting this up, I might as well start adding some tooltips. So I added a bunch of tooltips to things. So I've actually made some progress on Hadrian's Wall this weekend. Not a ton, but some. Um, I did see the PR come in. (laughs) Yeah, see, top of the list. It's right there. So that's a start. And I think I need to, we should sync up again so I can get you added correctly. Because something he noticed was if you can't, clone the game and then like push up your own instance because it has to have a unique name so i think i have to add you to this so that you can do this but we'll figure that out anyway i just want to tell everyone there is progress being made and hopefully now that with multiple people all working on it we will make some major progress and maybe in the next couple months have an alpha version of it so i think we're pretty close to an alpha anyway but i think that is that was my weekend. I watched Aladdin today. That was fun. Introduced Which Zachary. Um, the original cartoon one. Uh, well, the 90s cartoon one. I was introducing Zachary to Aladdin. And he kept, he was like, it's is a that g- a bad guy? Why is that, why does that guy not have any legs? Is that safe not to have legs?
1: <laughs> the like, questions that, that kids, that kids ask.
2: Oh, for the genie? For the genie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, he doesn't have to have legs because he can float. He's like, hmm, I think he should have legs like he sometimes he labor. does yeah sometimes he has <laughs> yeah. legs so but he did pretty good he watched the whole thing and it, probably the last 25 minutes he kind of got a little bored with it um but we had a little he had Magnus that he could play with and then got distracted so i'm like i just kept watching it though because i'm like i haven't seen this in a while i like this but it's really good yeah especially when you like go back
0: again like uh probably napoleon's performance is uh it's is amazing
2: yeah. He was one of the greats for sure. All right, let's talk about this game called Marvel United. And mm. I know that I brought it up before and we may have actually done an episode on Marvel United in the past, but we're going to revisit this because so. maybe not. I know we've talked I about think it enough for Like we have talked about it enough. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do we talk about like just games based on IPs maybe?
2: Maybe. When this came up? Like it's No, come that up was a lot. long time
1: ago. I don't know. It comes up all the yeah. time because you won't stop talking about it.
2: Well, that's the reason why we have this whole clickbaity title, Is Marvel United Overrated? And I am not going to answer that question or even try to convince people either way. We're just going to present stuff. <laughs> and we're going to let people come away with the, oh, their own answer to that question. Um And yeah, if you want to discuss Marvel United, there's actually a designated designated channel in our Discord. But there's also a podcast discussions channel. So if you ever wanted to give us feedback, and I don't say this enough, um, our Discord has a channel specifically for talking about the podcast episode. And so go there, and you can tell me whether or not it's overrated or not. But I sent this to – well, I gave a copy to Kitty and taught her how to play in person. And then I sent a copy to Fletcher and he had to teach himself how to play. And we know Kitty's position on it. She doesn't remember anything because there were a bunch of kids running around and You tried to teach me on
1: the fourth of July. (laughs) To be fair. It's the fourth of July. Spencer like ran out to get beer and while he was at the store, you set up the game and he walked in and you're like, Now we're playing. Here we go.
2: And it's And there were so
1: many toddlers. Did it? There were so many toddlers. (laughs) There were so many toddlers.
2: Um, yeah, you immediately lost on the first game, and then we rematched, and on the second game, you actually guys did win. So, um, but yeah, it was chaos, but it was still a game that you could learn to play and play with chaotic toddlers everywhere. Fletcher, you had no chaotic toddlers, and it was not the 4th of July, it was the 4th of February. Um, no, 5th of February, I guess. Um, yes. And you played just the base game of the original release what did you think
0: um i thought it was good i thought it's one of those games like any kind of co-op game it kind of reminds me where you have to and it's fine when you play it one player and i played the way that you told me to play um which we'll talk about that in a second but it's one of those games where you can have since it's co-op you can have an alpha player come in and say like this is what we should do because i know how to win this game and your ideas are not going to work so yeah. we have to do it this way if we want to win. This is why I don't play <laughs> but, with people. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I liked it. I played twice. I lost the first time and I won
2: the second time. Did you change and villains know, or teams between the two games, or just reset?
0: I I changed. I swapped out Ant Man for um, Iron Man because I felt like I didn't really know how to use Ant Man effectively, and I was pissed the first time that I got him because. For the for like the first three rounds, he was not drawing any movement cards, so I he was stuck in one place, there, <laughs> which was super annoying.
2: <laughs> well, and that's where. So I'm, I'm assuming you knew you could use the movement from the previous card, though, right?
0: Yes, but I chose him to go first because I was like, okay, let me do this first with Ant Man, because then uh, I, I played with Ant Man, uh, Captain America, and Captain Marvel. And the first time I played, I was like, okay, let me go first with Ant Man because he can do two heroic actions, and then um, Captain Marvel can go next and do one heroic action and a move, and then two, and then the other like heroic actions from Ant Man, and that will complete like where they were stationed on because you have to do three heroic actions to clear the that um, the threat card, yep, yeah. So since I chose him to go first, he wasn't ever able to use the previous card because there was no other previous card
2: for him to use oh you skip the villain when you're checking previous cards i thought you don't skip the villain no no it's always the previous hero card so you sure i'm positive i thought i looked at
1: this
2: (laughs) i'm positive but it's a great way of handicapping yourself to make it harder but yeah you always use the previous hero's card if there's a villain in the timeline um you skip over that card
0: Maybe I read it wrong because I thought I saw the little diagram that was like it showed like a swooping arrow and it was like no, like you can't do this.
2: You can't use the other previous hero's card. Nope. Yeah, and this is this is cool because I I purposely didn't want to teach you the game at all because I was curious if someone was just getting in for the first time um, because it is a relatively straightforward game. But then again, you can miss a simple rule like oh. You skip the villain's card when you're looking at the previous card to use. Um, and yeah, that would make it much harder for you. And you won the second time still, though.
0: I won the second time still. But I didn't change out the villain. And I, I left all the locations the same.
2: Yeah. Which is, that's also fine. Like, that's oftentimes I'll play the same way. Where if I if I have a certain setup I like and I fail, I may like just reset and try it again. Because the game, how long did it really take was really hard. <laughs> well, it should have been. Oh, not long.
0: It, it was really hard. Even though I played with all of the like the bonus cards that you get to play, yep, uh, that you get to put in there, it was still really hard. I was like, "Man, this is hard." Um, so I don't know. The first one took like maybe thirty to forty minutes, but there was kind of like a lot of going back and forth between the rule book um, the first time, and the second time it was probably closer to like thirty minutes. It's not a very long game.
2: Yeah, especially if you're playing solo, because you can. When you're playing solo, you're just kind of like. Cycle through, next, 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 right? There's no real discussion or anything like that. Now, my question to you, and for those who haven't played Marvel United, we'll cover the basic rules in in a few minutes. But my question, your first impression, um, was it a fun solo game?
0: Yes, it's a fun solo game. The way that you had me play it, because I didn't
2: play it the other way. Yeah. And the way that I had you play it was essentially three-handed, right? So you had all the cards for those three characters. And you just kind of, you basically switch between each character and you're playing a real three-player game. You're just making all of the choices. Um, The shield mode, which is the solo mode in the game box, has you shuffling all the heroes together and drawing a hand of five instead of three. And there's some other special rules. And the problem with that mode is it just, it breaks down with certain villain and hero combinations and gets really confusing around taking damage. And if you get knocked out even once you automatically lose in that mode. And it just, I don't know. Um, I would not recommend anyone play shield mode solo. Um, but in general, I think, you know, do you see this as a game? So Carmen, doesn't play that often. Do you see this as a game as something that she might enjoy playing as well? Or is this something that's she, like a little more still beyond? She seems skeptical.
0: <laughs> she seems she skeptical. And I was like, look, we have the Spider-Man expansion. I, know I like Spider-Man. Um, we can play this game. I think you'll like it. And she was like, mm, I'm not sure.
2: So, All right. This is what you need to do. Tell her that I need her to play the game. Because I need her input. This is a social experiment. So I need her to give me feedback as to whether or not this See is something that she likes.
1: See how much Carmen likes Chris. Yes. Will she do this based on his request?
2: <laughs> I think she'll play one game on my request. She may not play two. I can I, I get her to play like one game. Especially since they're so short. Yes. So um, let's quickly talk about what this game is if you've never heard of marvel united then welcome to the show and um the basic premise of this game is you're gonna pick a a group of heroes anywhere from two to four heroes and you're gonna pick a villain you're gonna pick six locations and the villains on one location and the, the, the locations are in a circle so they each one has a location to its left and right so you can move in that way um the locations are things like you know the Bronx, or such and such high school, or whatever. Like, there's all kinds of different um, locations. I actually it's don't like know like Stark Labs, Stark Labs Carrier, yeah, Avenger Tower. Um, yeah, in Play the base station, New York City, PlayStation. Yep. Yeah, in the base box, you have. I think you have eight to choose from, and you're going to choose six yeah. of them. Um, the game says choose randomly, uh, but you can. You know, it's your game. Do what you want. And once you have that um, initial setup done, you're going to flip up a card for the villain that's going to tell you where the villain moves or how many spaces the villain moves, what he does, and how many different thugs and citizens to add to his location and the surrounding locations. The heroes have cards that they're going to play that have actions on the bottom little icons that are one for move one for attack and one for a heroic action. Um, Moving allows you to move a location attacking allows you to knock out a thug or do damage to a henchman or or a villain. And then heroic actions allow you to um, remove threat cards that actually give you a negative thing when you're at a location. But once they're removed that location usually gives you a positive thing or rescue citizens. Your goal in the game is to knock the villain out for most villains. Um, We'll get into the variability and how all of these things can change. But for most villains, you just want to knock them out. But you can't do that until you've satisfied two of the three missions that start in the game. Um, Take out four threats. So each location has a threat. Once you've taken out four of them, you satisfy that first mission. Rescue nine citizens. Um, citizens are popping up all over the place on these locations. Once you rescue nine of them, you'll satisfy that or take out nine thugs. The trick, though, is when you take, when you complete the first mission, the villain then gets under pressure and starts taking more actions. And the villain gets a bonus. <laughs> the villain gets a bonus when you complete that first mission. So, um, strategy 101 don't complete one mission until you can complete two within the same, either same turn or back to back.
0: Yeah. Within very close succession.
2: Yes. Um, you don't want to give the villain a free turn is really what it comes down to. And that's it. That's basically the game as you played it. Correct. Am I missing anything? Correct. No. Uh, All right. Now I taught you using the, um, core one kitty. The one that we played, was X-Men with the, I think I had both base sets. So we were playing Captain America yes. and then Professor X. Um, and I think uh, Wolverine might have been in there or something. Um,
1: it was not Wolverine. I don't maybe remember he had. It might have been Cyclops.
2: It might have been Cyclops. Um, it was one of
1: the other X-Men. It was definitely two X-Men plus Captain America. And I was like, mm, weird.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because what Fletcher has right now is a co-op only version of the game. Once mm-hmm. X-Men arrived, they introduced a they I think it's called the supervillain mode, which allows you to make a one versus mini version of this game, where one person takes control of the supervillain.
1: Mhm. Now, which is what you did.
2: Which is what we did. Yep. Um because I had not tried that out until I played with you guys because I was I mostly play solo. And I found it super interesting. Um the way that the supervillain mode works is The person who controls the villain will have two cards. They draw the villain. They get to choose which one they want to play. But there's also super villain cards and superhero cards that each person um, will have. So each player has one superhero card. And the villain, I think, has three supervillain cards. Or maybe it's one per player. And you can play those whenever those cards are triggered. Which gives you kind of this back and forth tug of war thing. Um, I enjoyed that mode because it allowed me to teach the game and also control the villain in a way that I could kind of highlight certain things that, that you were could happening murder
1: us really quickly and be extremely <laughs> discouraging.
2: You guys made really poor choices. <laughs> um, we
1: did not. <laughs> I'm
2: just, I'm just saying. Um, yeah. I didn't know what I was doing and I just destroyed you right away. Cause you guys also didn't know what you were doing and you were destroyed right, right away. But once you got the hang of it, you didn't get into that trap again. Uh, I was playing Magneto, and Magneto has... Every villain has their own thing that they do. And one of the biggest complaints about the game is that the heroes don't feel different enough. We'll talk about why people complain about this. They're wrong. But we'll talk about why that's a complaint. Um, I, I, I saw this commentary. Y- yeah. It, so. Well, did you feel the heroes felt... Like, you actually said you switched out Ant-Man because you didn't like him. Um and put an Iron Man instead. So obviously, you felt some kind of difference in the heroes.
0: Yes, but I understand the point that they're making um, when they talk about this. Um, but I still think there's different there's differences in them, and I think the differences are better when you do what they suggest. But I didn't do
2: that because I was really new to the game. So, yeah. <laughs> so all right. So yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But the villains. Everyone agrees that the villains are really what makes the game. And the first three villains in that first box are pretty straightforward. There's not a lot of variety to them. I mean, they're definitely different, but it's still, you know, go around, beat things up, and knock the villain out. Once you get into, like, the extended universe of Marvel United, you get villains that are all over the place. Um, The one right now, well, the one for the current Kickstarter that's going on, which ends on Wednesday... Um, has Galactus in the box. This is a nine-inch tall miniature. Um, I mean, he's still smaller than a galactus, so you can go still call him a miniature. Um, and the way he works is you have different continents around his giant figure, and he'll turn to different continents, and that's the continent that he's like putting all his attention on at that point. You know, so this is like a totally different way of playing, but the mechanics are the same. You're still playing things into the timeline, you're still taking actions, but what you have to do. To beat the villain is completely different, and you have things like the Sinister Six, where there's six different villains on the board, and they're all doing different things, and or you'll have um, uh, the Phoenix uh, Phoenix Five, where you have you play basically five in a row, and each time you take out one of the Phoenix Five, his power adds to the next one. So the games just keep getting progressively harder as you try to get to the the end of that timeline. So there's the expansions add a lot of this this variable villain stuff to it. Um, But let's the heroes I think are I like I that's I don't know I love the villains I love the villains as far as it makes it variable. But I really love the heroes and I've mentioned this before, but this wasn't my idea. This was actually Rado's review was this game is way too easy if you keep the wilds in. And that's sort of what brought up last week's episode is, you know, someone was like saying it's way too hard. I agree. This game is way too easy. Once you get the hang of it, this game is way too easy if you leave the wilds in. If you are just playing the base box.
0: Unless you unintentionally play on hard mode. like Unless you
2: intentionally play on hard mode like (laughs) you did. (laughs) Um, And and again, if you're just playing from the base box, because those villains aren't that hard and any combination of the heroes in there will work. If you're picking completely randomly, then the game has a completely random difficulty. So I won't say it's easy or hard. It it doesn't matter. The difficulty is so swingy at that point where you don't actually know if you're going into a hard game or an easy game. Um, And you are probably setting yourself up for a hard game if you're doing completely random for everything. But... The way that Rado recommended playing this was you always play on heroic. You take away the double wilds and the single wild out of the decks. And at that point, what happens is the heroes become very, very important. Who you select and who's on your team matters because you don't have, you know, the equivalent of, what is it, Uh, three times two times three if you're playing three players. I think that's right. So 18 you know, uh, wild actions, you're basically pulling out of the game. And if you do that, you have to make sure that your team has enough of the action types to be able to beat the villain that you're fighting. And that makes everything feel very, very tied to the heroes themselves. So you're not there yet because you don't have enough heroes, but just wait, because I'm going to make you spend $65 by the end of this episode. (laughs) All right. All right. Kitty's, Kitty's leaning back. She's like, I have nothing to contribute to this. I'm t- <laughs> nap time.
1: Um, I'm just trying to manage acid reflux.
0: <laughs> uh, you do that by lying down? It's a superpower. You have to be like,
1: reclined at a specific 45 degree angle because if you lie all the way flat on your back, that's very bad. But also if I sit up straight, I am pushing babies into my stomach, which is where the the acid (laughs) is coming from so i I have to find this medium space sorry this has been a sort of pregnancy heavy episode of tabletop (laughs) not baby talk i swear
2: (laughs) all right well you lean forward when we get to something that you find interesting this is not all going to be marvel united but i am going to cover some things about this game before we get to other games that fall into this similar category of whoa, too much content. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, so let's talk about season one of Marvel United briefly. This, this launch, I have it open here. I can tell you exactly when it fulfilled. I think they used to tell me when these things happened. Um, last updated. No, I can't tell you when this fulfilled because they don't tell you when. They just tell you 21,290 backers pledged 2.8 million dollars. Um I believe this is about 4 years ago. And this was I I went all in on this because this was during the era where, you know, if it was CMON, I went all in. And I got the original box. I played it. I said, "Hmm, okay, boring." And Because that was when they sent out the... Yeah, you did
1: not enjoy it very much.
2: No, they sent out the retail version ahead of every... You know, because I got 2 wave shipping. So they sent the retail version. I opened it up and I played it. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll I'll get a bunch more content later. And I'll just put that in a a closet someplace. And then the rest (laughs) of the content came in. And then I started playing that. And then I'm like, oh, this game is... Oh, I see what's going on. So... I just instantly fell in love with it as soon as I got more content Um, and then realized that I could treat it as a team building game as opposed to just randomly throwing things on the board. I like choosing my villain, seeing what the villain's going to do, and then choosing a team to defeat that villain, removing all the wilds. And I, as of yet, I don't think I've ever played the same character twice, um, at least solo. Like when I'm teaching other people, obviously the base box characters get a little bit more play. But when I'm playing, once I've played a character once, they are off the roster. They can't be chosen again. So it's not like I'm just choosing the best characters because what's the fun in that? But um once I started treating it that way, this game became much, much, uh, like much more interesting. The problem is there's a lot of characters Um in the first expand or in the first season there were a total of 57 heroes and 28 villains which sounds like a lot eventually that's not a big number anymore um but still 57 heroes where you have to like look through their decks to kind of figure out what they're doing and stuff this caused me to actually create some data cards that i've on bga so if you play this game and you want to have a single card that shows you all of the different abilities for every character that would be helpful it's the I wish files. had that
0: for like every deck, so you yeah. can be like, "What does this character like do? Are they are they pun- punching a lot? Are they are they movement heavy? You know, what are their special abilities?"
2: Those cards exist on BGA. I posted the files there, so you can download them, and you have a nice PDF of. Every character, um, and I actually got the cards. I had to modify the cards because the files on BGA have, um, like the copyrighted images and stuff. BGA doesn't seem to care, but you can't send them to a printer. A printer will not print them. So I modified it to only use my own assets. Um, and so I have a a deck of these cards, a hundred and seventy or so, something like that, of different. Um, it's not one hundred and seventy. It's a hundred and thirty something. Yeah, of different cards that have all of the cards referenced on a single card so when i look through the heroes i can say okay this is a good heroic one this is a good fighting one this is a good movement one and i can make decks and teams out of them um so that's how i said this is on board game arena board game geek sorry okay yep so if you go to the file section on board game geek you will find i think i called them um character data cards so, and those have, you know, everything in there. So, but the first season, 57, um, heroes, 28 villains. The core box only has five heroes and three villains. The stretch goals box has 35 heroes and 11 villains. That stretch goal box was $65 when the first campaign launched. So for $65, you'd get 40 heroes, actually 41 and 14 villains. Which is a really, really good deal for a game that you even halfway like. That's just, that's a lot of content. You really never need to go beyond that. Um, it added six expansions and in those six expansions, you only got an additional 15 heroes and 14 villains. There's also a bunch of game modifiers. Um, each expansion typically comes with a game modifier. So, um, for example, the first season gave you, um, some plan B missions. So I mentioned that you have to do four threats nine civilians or nine thugs to knock out or to complete a mission. Well, the plan B ones are six, 12 and 12, but so they're much harder to do to clear just a single one. But if you clear all three of them, you automatically win regardless of the villains. win condition. So you don't have to knock out the villain. You can just complete all three of these hard missions. Um, or the traitor one where someone's a traitor and they end up taking control of the villain. Um, endangered locations where you're tied to a particular, each hero is tied to a location. And if that location ever has an overflow, you take damage from it. Um, secret ID. So if, you know, you use your heroic actions too many times in front of the villain, they'll figure out who you are and, you know, you'll suffer consequences from that. So season one alone had a bunch of things. Season two introduced supervillain mode retroactive to all the supervillain almost all the supervillains in season one the special villains there's a couple special villains that it doesn't work with but um, for the most part now you can do one versus mini with season two um it also introduced team play where you'd have a blue team and a gold team and you're both fighting against the same villain and your goal was to be the team that beat them first um you didn't really fight against each other but you could, you could, inter- you could interfere with each other a little bit. Um, and it also introduced anti-heroes, which really is just a single figure that has a hero deck and a villain deck with it, but you can use that figure in both things. So uh, like Magneto could be a good guy or a bad guy, depending on, um, how you wanted to play him. And so season two focused on the X-Men. It introduced 66 heroes, 35 villains and 10 anti-heroes that could be either villains or heroes. Um had nine expansions that included another 24 uh uh well the nine expansions um included is in that total sum up there. But the stretch goals for that one included think 35 heroes, 15 villains, five anti-heroes. Again, for $65, you got over 40 heroes, almost 20 villains, and I think seven anti-heroes. Really good deal. Plus a bunch of game modifiers. And then finally, season three is multiverse, which is really just a way of saying, we're covering everything now, because everything's the multiverse. Um, This campaign is not over as we record it Sunday. There's three days left. It's over on Wednesday. And so far, they have more heroes, villains, and anti-heroes than the previous campaign. And there will be a bunch more added um, before the campaign's over, just because the last few days, the stretch goals just keep on coming. So this one um, adds a new solo mode, which looks much better. It adds team play. Well, team versus team. There's a Civil War expansion where there's no villain at all. You just take two teams of heroes that fight each other. It adds team decks. So if you have... All characters from the same, like, actual super team, you can use this team deck to give you an enhancement. It has campaign decks, which give you a scenario. Basically, each card is a scenario. And depending on whether you win or lose, you may, you know, go to different scenarios or different characters might become available. So it's like creates these storylines from like, I think it's like from four to six um, games in a row where you can play these campaign decks. It adds equipment. Um, And retroactively adds equipment. So Captain America now has his shield. Um,
1: And as he should.
2: As he should. (laughs) Um, And it adds generic equipment for those who don't typically have equipment. It just like, you know, gives you an extra bonus move or punch or heroic or something along those lines. Um, Adds a bunch more game modifiers. Adds new, another um, Sinister Six was part of the first campaign, but now they're taking it and bumping it up adding 14 more villains that you can match in there. So you can fight six villains at once. Um, And it has, you know, Galactus. Oh, and it has pets too. So now you have pet companions that you can uh, run around with. Um, Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, I don't know if you were looking, if you're looking at the notes, Fletcher, but the first I've, I've said, and there's again, the base pledge for season three is $65. It is so worth $65 to check it out. Um, like that's the, be- people are asking, it's like, well, what expansions should I get? You don't worry about the expansions. You just get the stretch goals and then you can pick and choose on the expansions based on the hero you like. But the stretch goal box is where the, by far the best value is. Um, but this season is by far the most expensive of all of them. I'm going to pause for a moment. Fletcher, $65. Are you willing to spend that I'm- much money? <laughs>
0: I'm uh, I'm opening up the Kickstarter link right now.
1: <laughs> I think this is the furthest we've ever gotten Fletcher into a Kickstarter. Is he actually went to the page?
2: That's that's a big deal. Um, and this particular campaign, again, I don't recommend more than sixty-five dollars. Sixty-five dollars is totally fine. I'll even add it to my pledge, so you don't even have to pay shipping. It'll just be included in whatever shipping I pay. Um. But this pledge does offer the ability to get all of the stretch goals from the first two campaigns. They are more expensive. They're 120 versus 65. And if you get both, then they're like 220. So you save 20 bucks on that. Um, but really, like I say, there's so much content in those boxes that if you you don't really need any of the other expansions and you'd still have content for years. The first all in for season one was $190. Season two was $295. Currently, best guess is it's going to be $395 for season three. Um, If you were to get all just gameplay content, none of the extra added plastic tokens, cardboard locations, um, all the bling. Um, I think Alex from Board Game Co. did a great what to back for season three. So if you are curious about the opinions of things... I, th- I think I agree with basically everything he said, um, which is the $65 pledge is a no-brainer. If you're interested at all, that one's great. And then he covers a couple expansions that actually are worth the money um, if you wanted to you know, not have everything. All right, Fletcher, have you backed it yet?
0: Not yet. I'm, I'm looking at all the stuff that you get.
2: It's a lot of stuff. We're going to be here stuff. a while.
1: I'm glad they're yeah. they're taking out the silence, Chris. I assume you edited <laughs> out the 20 minutes it's going to take Fletcher to scroll through all this.
2: Well, I want to sw- I kind of want to switch over while he's looking at that. So this this game has, in total, and I I literally counted this. I, I have a spreadsheet of all the heroes and everything. Um, 185 heroes as of as of now, counting season three. 185 heroes, 103 villains, and 20 anti heroes. That is a lot of content. Even if you played each villain only once, it's over a hundred games that you're playing just in you know, just to play every villain. Does any game really need that much content that's not like a Magic the Gathering lifestyle game where it's the only thing you play? No, it's the FOMO. Is it the FOMO? I think it is mm-hmm. well partly. But I do enjoy collecting it all. I will say that.
1: You enjoy collecting anything. That is collectible.
2: Oh, that's true. Um, but yes, but but that's why I can say, look, I don't think anyone should spend the close to a thousand dollars, even if you if you bought it when the Kickstarter was out. You know, you're still looking at what four, three, seven, eight, nine, nine hundred dollars for just gameplay content through the Kickstarter. I don't. I would never recommend anyone spend nine hundred dollars on a game that they haven't played and haven't like really said yes this is this is something i like $65 i have no problem saying yeah spend $65 uh especially since you can sell that content and make your money back no problem at all simon games especially things that are popular tend to hold their value they may not be as you know they're not going to double or triple like the first campaign did but they will sell for what you paid for them if you didn't like it but then i started looking at other games that also have a ton of content. And the first one I looked at was Arkham Horror the Card Game, um, another one that I collect. And if you want to get all of that content, it would be $1,500. Marvel Champions, oh. also FFG. R- retail prices to get everything, and you can find it cheaper depending on you know sales and stuff, but just talking retail prices, Marvel Champions is $900 to get all of that content. Do you need all that content? Again, no. But if you love the game, you probably have it. The difference is Marvel Champions charges like 20 to 40 bucks a month, where Simon is saying, hey, the all in is going to be $400. And it's all in one chunk, which makes it seem like a lot more. But I don't know. I think that. You kind of have to take that into perspective, right? If you have a game that you really love and you want this extended content for it, it's going to be expensive.
1: But I feel like what in some we need ways, to do to unlock
2: Ghost Rider. <laughs> Ghost Rider seems cool. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be unlocked. Don't worry.
1: Oh, Fletcher! I lost Fletcher now. <laughs> did you lose him
2: or did you gain him? He is looking at stretch goals right now and looking forward to things being unlocked. I've never been prouder.
1: But this game. I don't know. This I just, it's, it's fine. I don't know. It's never what I want to play. It's.
2: So, <sighs> in fairness, though, you've only played it the one time in a chaotic situation.
1: Yeah, but like, I look at it on my shelf all the time. It's just, it's not, it's not my favorite kind of game.
2: Okay, that's fair.
1: And I don't like these games where I feel the the FOMO. I'm like, oh, I missed out. I, I missed the bandwagon. I'm not part of this. And the contrarian in me is like, and I don't want to be, and you yeah. can't make me. <laughs> and I know that that's just me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it's not just you it's though. It's fine. It's because yeah, that's how I feel about it. It's fine. And I don't want to spend a whole bunch of money on it. Cause I, there are other games I'd rather play. And this is, f- you know, like you gave me a set. I'm not going to go throw it in the garbage. Cause I hate it. It's not awful. If, I had a friend come over who loves Marvel and is looking at my games. They're like, Hey, let's play this. I'd be like, Oh yeah, fine. I have to remember how for a minute here, but yeah, we can play. Um, and I'd probably enjoy it, but it's not what I pick up.
2: What if it were, cause that's my next question. Is it, is it the IP? Would this game be as popular if not for the IP? And I think hands down, no,
1: I would play it more if it was a Lord of the Rings IP and they weren't chibi figures.
2: Oh, I love the chibis.
1: Yeah, I don't like chibi, (laughs) and I know I'm a minority. I'm a minority in that I don't like the superhero chibis. Carmen
0: was like, what is this art style? It seems really interesting. I'm like, oh, chibi?
1: Yep. Yeah. I I love chibi. She
0: she like gravitated towards the art style immediately.
1: It's, It's very popular. It's very cute. I like it for some stuff. I don't know why the Marvel chibi in particular. I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't like I, it. They all look smushed. They all look weird.
2: Uh, I love it. I love the art, but it is a polarizing art style. There are people who hate the chibis, but still love the game. I know a number of people that were like, I really hate the chibi style, but the game I really love, which is
1: I don't know if I would like it any better if it was like normal Marvel style art either. I just, I don't think I like Marvel that much anymore. I'm not as into it. As I was when I was, like, you know, 25. I'm I, old. These characters are for young people. I don't I've know. never
2: really been into Marvel until the games in the last few years. The last few years, the movies certainly helped. But the different games, like Marvel Snap, you know, I, I see a lot of Marvel Snap characters in the multiverse um, uh, campaign. And, you know, I like having kind of a little bit of a background and seeing familiar characters from one campaign to another. I still haven't yeah, gone back and started just reading the comics, but into
1: it. For somebody who's been <sighs> in this for so long, I'm like, ah, it's the same people, it's the same stuff. It's just like repackage these same characters and try to sell them to me again.
2: I would agree if the game because I really do love the gameplay. I love the simplicity of it, I love the flexibility of the system. I love what you can do with this game. Now I've seen many Marvel games. Most mar- mobile Marvel games are like that. It's just like I'm selling you characters, and it's it is 100% money grab. I like this game, and
1: if, I, they- if there were an app version of this game that I could play solo, I would. But it's too yeah. much work to set it up and get it out for like if I'm going to get out a game and set it up and play. Honestly, I am going to probably play something a little bit harder, a little bit more complicated, because. I'm You're taking, taking the time that time. Yep. I'm doing it. Like if I'm going to play something fast and easy, I'm going to go on BGA. I'm not going to bother with physical pieces. I have moved beyond the physical <laughs> board game. Um, unless it's really something I really want to do.
2: Yeah, I can see that. I totally understand that. Uh, but if this were, yeah, like I can see that if this is Lord of the Rings United or something like that, I will tell you if DC United, Ever hits and there's no reason why it can't. It's not like there's an exclusive license between C-Mon and Marvel. It's just that Simon has a license with Marvel. But if they suddenly did DC United, oh man, I am so all in on that. Like, ah, uh, DC is my jam. But like other things like Too Many Bones, uh, $700. Car War 6th edition, $800. Even something like Terraforming Mars is $400 if you get the big box and all the expansions, right? It's, there's a lot of these games that have just a lot of content and games are expensive. And I don't think I'm trying to justify the cost of this game. I think I'm trying to justify the game is not just a cash grab. It's not just, you know, throw a bunch of chibi figures out there.
1: It's not Simon's usual move.
2: (laughs) I mean, no, I mean, it's definitely Simon's usual move, but Simon makes good games. Like the games that fail with Simon are because they're bad, right? People, Mm. There's, they don't make 15 versions of zombie side because people don't enjoy the game. And people aren't spending... Like, there's... On this campaign right now, the third campaign in the series, they are, as of this moment, um 14,709 backers at $2.84 million. Now, their last campaign, the X-Men one, uh, raised $5.9 million. This one... It's probably not going to hit 5.9, but it will definitely get to the four th- $4 million range. It'll raise over so a million I'm dollars. Looking,
0: I'm looking at the backer, um, like the pledge thing, and it's been a long time since I've done this on Kickstarter. But for the $65 pledge, it says there's a, about 1,500 backers that pledge the $65 for yep. the multiverse pledge. For the hundred dollar pledge, it says that there's just over 10,000 backers. Yep. So it seems like the majority of everyone, most people were like, yeah, just give me everything. I'm ready to put my money down, but still that's about 4,000 people short of like the total that they have. So did 4,000 people just pledge like? 10 bucks or some other amount.
2: There's a $1 pledge amount that you can pledge and that gives you access to the pledge manager after the campaign. And then you can add, you know, you kind of pick Whatever and choose what you, you want. want. Yep. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, and honestly, even if you're, if you're listening to this on Thursday or anytime in the next few months, um, there will be, when the pledge manager opens, anybody will be able to go in there and, back it. It's just if you already have a dollar in, you'll get it's notified, like, you'll get the campaign updates and all of that.
1: Exactly. It's like pay a dollar to get the emails and be in the know.
2: Yeah. Otherwise, you'll have to like track down when the late pledges open and such. Um yeah, right now the average pledge amount per backer is about $200. And I would say that based on like the fact that the majority of the people here are backing at the $100 level, I would say most people are probably going to go all-in. Another thing that CMON does, just to keep things interesting, is you know, when this campaign first launched, it was just the core box and the Galactus box, um, but they will release an all-in pledge number either Monday or Tuesday. Probably Monday. And that'll be... This is all gameplay content. This is what it costs. And that I'm estimating that's probably going to be about 395. Um if it follows the pattern from the previous ones. It could be more. They could release another expansion as well, but probably 395. And that doesn't include like the upgraded tokens and and cardboard things and things like that, but um it will be a discount from buying everything and then you'll be able to see how many people are actually going all in, which is going to be a fair percentage of the total backers. You can... Are you going to go assume. all in? Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, I'm I'm <laughs> in. No matter what they put out, I'm in Chris on this. Chris
1: has all in every CMON Kickstarter since he learned mm, what Kickstarter is.
2: <laughs> no, not true. Um, Marvel Zombies I had no interest in whatsoever. Um Massive Darkness 2, because Massive Darkness 1 was so bad, I didn't go in on that one, but now I'm regretting it because apparently it's a completely different game that's awesome. So, (laughs) so I I do regret that, but I am a little bit more selective now with the CMON stuff, but this game, because I know I love it and because I can pick up the content at, you know, the cheapest prices when you're, everything aftermarket's going to be crazy expensive. Um, I do, plan to go all in on pretty much anything they do. Um, it's great. And if you miss the promos, uh, you can go to, well, the Dice Tower Kickstarter had the promos that you could um, buy through the Dice Tower. And, but since they were there, you'll likely will be able to get them through Dice Tower, you know, once that Kickstarter fulfills too. So you're not going to miss out on any, if you want everything you can, you can find everything. Um, but I don't recommend everybody get everything. I don't, I think if you really like this, you know, and you can get everything. Otherwise, $65 and you're going to have more content than you ever use. And it's like, I think it's fun. Um, Get the base game. It's super cheap. You can get it on sale for like 20 bucks and try it out. And if you don't hate the system, if you just find it being a little bit like, eh, that's it. No, there's a ton more con- content that adds a whole lot more to it. There's a lot more to Marvel United than that base mass-market box.
1: But I also say, you know, $65 is not bad for, like, a good game. Yeah. You know? I've paid more for worse games, especially on Kickstarter.
2: Yep. Um, yeah, and... Well, um, oh, I didn't put it in the notes, which is why I haven't said it yet. So, and I'm, I'm going to do this off the top of my head. The Dice Tower does their top 100 games of all time every year, and things will shift, you know, shift around... The people's choice for this game was, I want to say, 51 out of 100. Um, the BGA position of this is like 312. But you can the ratings there BGG, are... BGG, no, you mean? BGG. Yeah, BGG, sorry. Board Game Geek's rating is like 312. Um, and then there's Z Garcia rated this the highest. It's number seven on his list. Um, Tom is in the teens And then Mike is, oh, I want to say he's maybe in the 20s or 30s or something like that. Um, I wrote it all down, and then I left it on a piece of paper on my other desk. But And I think there is some sense, especially when you're looking at Dice Tower, because they will tend to feel like they'll play the same games, especially for these types of things. And the more you play a game, the higher you're going to rate it. So I think the fact that they end up playing this game a lot has an impact on there but the people's choice is an interesting one right if you ask people today their favorite games this game is like in the top 51 and you don't get there by just being a marvel game and a cash grab right there's something to this game that makes people rate this that high so i don't know i i like i said i'm not going to let people i'm not going to tell people whether or not marvel United is overrated or not for me it's not i like it i I have my own way of playing it. I have the own, my own reasons for liking it. And Fletcher, are you going to back it? Probably. That's going to be amazing.
1: This is like <laughs> a milestone. Somebody write this down. 3 This will be like the
2: fourth,
0: fourth thing I've ever backed on this Kickstarter. This is the
1: first ever. game you've ever backed. You backed like other stuff before.
0: I backed a video game one time, but not a board game.
1: Yeah, this is the first board game that chris has ever successfully talked fletcher into backing
2: I, and like even, <laughs> there
1: have been other episodes where we have done this exact same thing where we all sit there and watch fletcher look at the page and be like mm, no <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm i'm like i say i'm so proud we'll follow up next week <laughs> to see if he actually presses the button uh but yeah i think i think 65 dollars, and you know it's gonna fulfill it's simon they have never not fulfilled a campaign. They've been late from, you know, periodically, but this won't be, they have all the content already built out for this, but um yeah, $65 is a really, really good deal for what you're getting here. And they're fun characters. Like if you don't follow Marvel, you don't care if these aren't the mainstream characters. And if you do follow Marvel, then you probably have characters in this campaign that are some of your favorites that because they're not part of the MCU, you're never going to, you know, see in any other game. So Fletcher, I am. I'm just. I'm. I'm taking it back. I am impressed. (laughs) Even Kristen
1: think he'd succeed this time.
2: No, I did not. Um, But now I can't wait for it to fulfill because then we can have a civil war and you can pick your heroes and mine and we'll go mano a mano. And then they have the Goliath (laughs) miniature too in the civil war, which is like a three inches tall compared to the other ones. So, and I am. Let's see. I've finished the core box painting. Uh so my goal is to paint all of my current miniatures before this campaign comes in. And then I will continue painting all of those. So I'll have everything painted. But is, how many is current
0: miniatures do you how many miniatures do you have?
2: Right now, just doing some quick back and napkin boxes here. So if we add 57 and 28, that's about 85 plus another sixty, it's hundred and forty-five. Math in my head, one hundred and eighty. Add that, hundred. Just shy of two hundred miniatures.
0: And how many have you painted? Ten.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're setting real ex- realistic goals for yourself this year, Chris. Hey, hey I'm five yeah. percent
2: of the way done. If I average one a day, how long
0: did it take you? How long did it take you to paint the first ten? Um,
2: well, if I it's actually like five count, years, about <laughs> well, five years, yeah, so I just started. <laughs> Actual at the brush time, probably eight hours. So it's a little but less than an hour per.
0: Okay, but that's at the brush time.
2: Yes, I know. I know. I'm very aware. That I actually have to designate. But that's why I have books. Um, Kitty gave me a book I've started listening to. And so I'm listening to uh, books. um, Was it Uprooted or Rooted? Root? Whatever that one is. Uprooted. Uprooted.
1: Uprooted by Naomi Novik. Highly recommend. Everyone should read.
2: Yep. So I have a dozen Audible credits that I need to use. So I'm picking up books and I'm listening to books while painting and I'm relaxing. The only problem is the downside to this is I end up staying up way too late. And when I start painting and I don't start painting till like 11, 30, 12 o'clock, I'm usually up till 3am and that's a problem in itself.
1: But a problem.
2: yeah, it's a nice problem because you know, I like painting.
1: So I recently earned a new badge on BGA, which was the night owl badge because my children woke me up at like three 30 in the morning and I couldn't fall back asleep and went and took some turns. And I was like, Oh, this, you think that I've been awake this whole time, huh? (laughs) You don't know that I was asleep for six hours ahead of this.
2: That was one of my, uh, first badges I got.
1: Yeah. It took me like over a year to get that one.
0: Yeah. I was wondering like, how come I would see that it's like, it's your turn in great Western trail. (laughs) Can you take her I turn at 6.55 in the morning? And I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah.
1: I take turns at the weirdest times. There are definitely like, I woke up in the middle of the night and I can't fall back asleep. I'm just going to take some turns and then try again. But um, yeah, I also do take a lot of like 6 a.m. I just woke up with my children turns. So,
2: Well, we have to take some more turns after we're done recording here. So Kitty, take us out. And then we will keep playing our Great Western Trail game.
1: Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recordings, usually Monday nights at eight <laughs> thirty Central. <laughs> join our Discord to continue the conversation. It's also where you can join us and other listeners in a constant stream of online games on Board Game Arena, where you too can take a turn at three thirty in the morning and get a night owl badge. The show Everyone's notes it. Have- the show notes have all the links you need, and you can always go to tabletopgametalk.com for more information and to search our growing archive of episodes.
0: Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover. Welcome back, Emil Jill, Jill Jam. Janita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Timothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Leanna Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fischer, Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terence Miltner, Richard Yossi, Token Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan C, Darren McClellan. David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Solander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Jerry Wong, Sean, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Widgman, and Michael 27.
2: And thanks to everyone who's ever been a patron, past, present, and future, and especially past, who become present. Um, your support means the world to us. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So I'm looking at my turn right now and I'm I'm like, uh, you guys, this the game with you guys is stressing me out because I should have made it like a tutoring game or something because I have this fear that one of you is going to beat me and your ELLs are so low at a one that I'm going to lose like 100 <laughs> points. So I'm, I'm like so stressed out. This other t- Great Western Trail game I'm playing, I could lose that one, too, but I won't lose nearly as much. Uh, oh, man. So stressed.
1: It's just a number, Chris.
2: Whatever.